Megan. This is Alyssa. I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Midwest's Best. In this episode, Megan starts us off on the wrong foot. I take it back to the Ice Age, Alyssa broadens her vocabulary, and special guest Liz actually knows about hiking. Hannah, Alyssa, Megan. You know, this week we decided we were going to talk about hiking. Yes. And I was going to go, I was going to get in the mindset. I decided I was going to go for a hike. So I was going to go out to the Heritage Trail in Dubuque, Iowa. There's one of the trailheads there. And like to go hiking there is only kind of hiking because it's a super flat trail. It's really well maintained. And like there's even like bars and towns along it. So it's it's hiking in like air quotes. So you can like pop in for a beer and then continue with your hike? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can be like, I walked two miles. I deserve a beer. I've earned this. But I went out there and there was a trail run this weekend, so I was not able to hike there. I decided to go to Mines of Spain, which is real deal hiking. (laughs) Like, there are no mountains in Iowa, but they felt like mountains. And it had been raining, so all the trails were washed out. There were trail markers were gone. I thought I was going to go on a two-mile loop, and I went on a six-mile loop. I had to ford a river because the bridge was out. It was like straight-up Oregon Trail. So I no longer want to talk about hiking ever again. Did you eventually emerge onto a golf course? Because that happened to me one time when I got lost. I got on the highway. (laughs) I don't know how I got there. I walked just, I just walked back to the parking lot from there. Didn't know how to get back on the trail. Just well, at least you knew where you out of the roughly. I was very lucky. It was daytime. (laughs) (laughs) I am less in the mood to talk about hiking. So if one of you wants to kick off today's episode, I would greatly appreciate it because I could just never hike again now and be fine. Well, I think I think we should talk about hiking still because your your aunt Kathy did request this. Yes, that's true. My aunt Kathy. Though everybody has an Aunt Kathy or an Aunt Karen. Well. I have both. So we have to, well, we do have to fulfill that request for Aunt Kathy. Right. So shout out to, power, to Aunt Kathy. Yeah, I will power through for you, Aunt Kathy. You know who you are. <laughs> so as, as Megan said, we are going to talk about uh, some favorite hiking spots that we all have, we've been on. And a little later in the episode, uh, I am going to talk to our friend Liz who she's a bit more of a serious hiker than the three of us are. We're going to be talking about more day hiking, a spot maybe, you know, you have a weekend, you just want to go check out the fall colors to just kind of not have an adventure like Megan's. Well, you can have good adventures. A good one, on but like you don't... small hikes. Hopefully you wouldn't end up lost. Just, uh, yeah, don't end up on the highway. Yeah. That's not good hiking etiquette. But uh, Liz, Liz is more hardcore, you know, doing full weeks of hiking, backpack, the whole deal so we'll talk to her a little later do you guys have anything else you want to add before we kick this off i got i got my rant and my caffeine that's all i need (laughs) so when we talked about doing this episode i kind of had to think for a little bit about where i might want to talk about i live near in the the duluth minnesota area and duluth in 2014 was named by outdoor or outside magazine the best outdoors town so duluth is kind of well known for its numerous hiking trails biking trails all even within just the city itself but then also in the larger area there's a lot of state parks around i mean you got nearby places like jay cook state park you've got gooseberry falls state park the superior hiking trail which we'll talk to liz about a little later i 
I ended up deciding to talk about uh, Gooseberry, Gooseberry Falls. Because it's the, the best name. <laughs> it is. It's a great name. That is a good name. Gooseberry. Uh, it's up the North Shore. It's about an hour north of Duluth. It's a state park. It is free for part of the parking that is there. Uh, the main kind of attraction, it's it's just free. You know, some state parks have like a $5 parking fee. They don't even have that. Uh, you just... Nice. If you're parking in the main lot to see their, their waterfalls, it's kind of like their big attraction is that they have five waterfalls. Oh, Minnesota and your water. <laughs> uh, so it's a really beautiful spot, especially if it's the fall, going to see the fall colors and to see the falls area. So in the main falls area, you have four waterfalls, the upper falls, the middle, lower, and you can hike a little further in. And this is what I like to do. I like to hike further into the park to get to what they call the fifth falls. It's a little farther back. It takes maybe less. Ooh, a secret spot. It is kind of. And not a lot of people do hike to it. It's not a difficult hike. I mean, I can do it. Give yourself some credit. You, you hike. <laughs> I do, but like, I can make it there. It's not too hard. Uh, probably, I would say, under an hour, you can make it to the Fifth Falls. It's far less crowded than the Main Falls. The Main Falls area is usually, especially in the fall time, just overflowing with people. You keep seeing fall fall time and falls. I know. The fa- <laughs> say autumn, man. Okay, go see. You don't want to go see the falls in the fall. <laughs> I just, I'm getting confused. See the waterfalls with the autumnal colors. Okay. And Gooseberry, it also, it's uh, on Lake Superior, so you can also hike down to the lake, and uh, they have what they call agate beach, so you can go agate hunting. A lot of the structures at Gooseberry were built by the CCC, for those that don't know, the Civilian Conservation Corps, back during the Great Depression, one of the government programs that was done to kind of help get people back to work. So there's even a statue to the CCC in the park uh, to kind of recognize that. I also love Gooseberry because on the way back, you can reward yourself with a piece of pie at one of my favorite spots, (laughs) the Rustic Inn in Two Harbors. Uh, Excellent pie. Oh, did you take us there? Yeah, yeah. When yeah, that was good yeah, pie. They they still use lard <laughs> in the crust. It's the best. So nice. go for a little Very hike. Yeah, go for a little hike. Get some pictures of the waterfalls with your autumn colors. Alyssa, would you say that you don't go chasing waterfalls? Uh, or maybe you do. I mean, <laughs> I try to stick to the lakes and rivers that I'm used to. <laughs> Couldn't resist it. All right, so one other question for you, Alyssa. Do you take dozy hiking and get kicked off the trails occasionally? (laughs) One time, he is more than welcome to come to Gooseberry, and I have a great picture of him. He he loves going to Gooseberry. He always tries to fall. He always tries to go and run into the waterfall, and I have to be like, no, (laughs) don't go there. He just gets so excited. He does. (laughs) For context. Dozy is a dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Alyssa's dog. Sorry, I never explained that. <laughs> I was just like, you know, he just likes to go running into waterfalls, just like this human man Alyssa goes hiking with. <laughs> Named Dozy. <laughs> Who occasionally gets her kicked out of parks. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just one time there was not a dog-friendly trail, is the story. Just one time. So do check your trails. I couldn't resist. Check the signage if you want to bring your four-legged friend with you. Although we did check the signs, it was in a terrible spot. Yeah, they just didn't have that sign posted appropriately. 
So I'm on Dozy's side. I just, that story still makes me laugh. <laughs> or if you're going to take your four-legged friend where you shouldn't, make sure you're done with your hike when they catch you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I don't have much more to say other than state parks. If you've got one near you, if it's, you know, even a couple hours drive, I think it's worth it. It's a good way to spend the day. It's cheap. You know, either sometimes free and they even have a lot of free weekends or uh, usually it's like $5 to go park. Support your... Your state parks. So Hannah, where are some of your favorite hiking spots? So I'm going to talk about another state park, but this one is in Wisconsin and has a name almost as good as Gooseberry. It's Devil's Lake, which is a nice park. mysterious. Right? I even have the history of the name for us later. I did did my (laughs) normal deep dive into history and cultural stuff for something that doesn't really require it. Of course, you're an anthropologist. (laughs) It's what you do. I work in museums. It's the whole point of my job. Devil's Lake is a little bit outside of Madison. It's technically in Baraboo, which is another fun name. Baraboo is a, well, it depends on what you consider a small town. A lot of people consider 12,000 a small town, but for Wisconsin, that's decently sized. It's pretty good. Yeah, and I really like Baraboo, so I'm going to talk about Baraboo a little bit because I feel like it folds into, if you're going to go visit places, like Alyssa has said, you know, there's the good place to get pie. Baraboo is a cute little town. It's on the Baraboo River, but it's also within the Baraboo Hills, which are some of the highest points in the entire area. I used to work at Cave of the Mounds, which is a very nice cave, kind of in the same area too, Uh, and I know at least the hills where the cave is, it's what used to be mountains during the Ordovician period, which is when the Midwest was covered in an ocean. So it's kind of cool because you could be standing on the remnants of ancient mountains, which is what the intro video at the cave said. (laughs) But they also have the Circus World Museum because the Ringling Brothers Circus actually started in Baraboo, Wisconsin in 1884. Uh, And they also have the International Crane Foundation. And anytime I talk about that, people always ask, like, the machines? And no, it's like the birds. (laughs) I was just going to ask that. Uh, (laughs) No. To be fair, though, like, I coming from Manitowoc, Manitowoc Cranes. So that's why I was kind of like, wait, Cranes like the machine. But then I did think it, it could be birds. It's the birds. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> I had a friend in college who actually volunteered out there and did a lot of his graduate work with the Sandhill Cranes. So It's yeah. really cool. I, I knew what you were talking <laughs> about. Thank you. Bonus point for Megan. <laughs> and you can let me know after the story if we're going to the podcast. <laughs> so I grew up a little bit north of there, and for our fifth grade class trip, we went to the Circus World and the Crane Foundation. Uh, And my group was walking through, and you get to go look at all the cranes. They have, like, 13 different species. We got up to one enclosure, and we saw this crane, like, doing something on the ground, and we looked closer, and this crane had caught a mouse and was drowning it in a puddle. So it drowned this (laughs) mouse and then flipped its head up, and then you could just see the lump of mouse go all the way down the crane's throat. Yum, yum. Now there's a memorable field trip. (laughs) So, nothing to do with hiking, but the International Crane Foundation is an interesting place to visit. Man, and this was like, like, (laughs) just think, this was in the days before smartphones, like, that would have been a viral moment. I had a disposable camera with me on that field trip. (laughs) This was 1998. Yeah, like, like that would have made an excellent vine, and it would have gone viral, (laughs) as the youth say. As the youth say? The youth. Oh, dear. Back to the actual 
part yeah, with hiking. So Devil's Lake was formed, again, way back, not even just history, but like geologic history. That area of Wisconsin is right where you kind of change from the driftless area into where glaciers start to come and flatten stuff out. So when you think of stereotypical Midwest, it's really flat because the glaciers came and smoothed it all out. But there's big sections in Wisconsin and Minnesota that don't have that. So this is partially created by where a glacial lobe came through the Wisconsin River a Gorge. Lobe? A lobe of the gra- glacier. Like like earlobe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like a if section. Glaciers had ears, <laughs> Get it. But a lobe of the glacier kind of branched off and it basically dammed up the river. So the river had to find a new way to go, but it created the lake by trapping all that water in there, which I thought that was interesting because that lake was formed 12,000 years ago-ish with that ice age. And the name Devil's Lake comes from a mistranslation. So in our first full episode, we talked about kind of indigenous languages and how names came into it. So originally meant sacred or spirit lake. And then white people came in and were like, spirits? Like devils? And so it's Devil's Lake because... Water spirits can be good as a positive into a negative. What a bummer. (laughs) The pronunciation I looked up was correct on this, but it's originally Tawa Conchunkta, sacred or spirit lake. And now it's devils. Are there any ghost stories that would support the idea of a devil's lake? Like any scary stories that you came across? No. No. It was named Spirit Lake because of people would go there for the water spirit. Well, yeah, no, like, I got that, but then, like, when, like, white people came and named it Devil's Lake, if, like, with that, then there also came stories of so-and-so. Yeah, I don't know. No. I was going to say they actually tried to change the name. So throughout, like, the mid-1800s, businesses and different people trying to build up on the tours in the area tried a bunch of different names. Lake of the Two Hills, which sounds... I think kind of stupid, Wild Beauty Lake, Mystery Lake, and Lake of the Red Mountain Shadows were all names that people try to put in, but Devil's Lake stuck. Yeah, because those other names are not your best effort. Red Mountain Shadows, is that also like related to the devil, like red? <laughs> like I think it was people trying to like keep that mysticality to it, just like Mystery yeah. Lake and Wild Beauty Lake. Like, oh, it's mm-hmm. untouched nature. Uh-huh. I don't know. People in the mid-1800s were kooky. Yeah, they were working from a different set of standards. Um, so we still haven't actually gotten to the park park of it. So Ho-Chunk people would go there because it was sort of like a sacred site. And then it became kind of a booming tourism area and still is in the 1800s. And now it's a full state park. Devil's Lake, there's a lake. So you can go swimming, kayaking. It's one of the places that doesn't allow gas-powered motors. So it tends to be kind of quiet and there's no wakes. So I've been canoeing on there and it's really nice. But for the trails, there are 29 miles of trails. And what's nice is that there are different difficulties. So if you do just want a casual hike, you can just go walk for an hour or a couple of miles. But if you want to go up like essentially a cliff and go up to these cool rock formations, you can do that. Try a little bit of everything. One and a half miles are accessible to people with disabilities. So even if you aren't someone who can tackle scaling a cliff, it's still pretty open to anyone of different skills or abilities, which I think is kind of nice that they let people know, yeah. like, yeah, come check it out. And there's lots of different bluffs, so there's really pretty views. Again, there's the Baraboo Hills, which used to be mountains, and there's big valleys and dips, so I know there's different places where you can stand and just see for miles over the trees, which is really pretty, especially since this is Alyssa's favorite thing to see the fall colors. Yeah, the autumnal yes, colors. colors. <laughs> But at any time of year, it's really pretty because you get the lake and the bluffs and all the trees. It's also part of the Ice Age Trail, 
which is a trail that runs throughout Wisconsin that connects a bunch of different state parks, and it talks about the evidence for glaciers and other important things during the Ice Age. So it's kind of based around geology, but there's a lot of cool rock formations because of that. They also have a nature center, a concession stand, playground, there's camping. Uh, it is also the number one thing to do in Baraboo, according to TripAdvisor, where it has five stars. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's beating out the Circus Museum, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Crane Foundation. The Crane Foundation. Yeah. And if I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Aldo Leopold's shack from San County Almanac is out there in that general region. I could see that. Okay. Yes, I believe Baraboo. it's the Baraboo area. But if you ever want to just hike out to a shack and be like, oh, nature and lighting, <laughs> that's the Find place. Find Aldo Leopold. <laughs> well, okay. I know I started the podcast a little down on hiking. <laughs> But I like I I live in Wisconsin. I have a state park pass. I do go hiking quite a bit. And I am going to focus on one park in particular, but I do want to shout out a couple other day trips, at least in the kind of our tri-state area. There are Makokota Caves, which is in Makokota, Iowa, which that's a really unique state park because they just have this very elaborate cave system. You can do your traditional hiking or you can go straight up spelunking, like on your hands and knees, tight spaces. Right now, that park is undergoing some construction, and they've had some issues with white nose disease in the bats that that live in the caves, so they're a little limited, but it is just a really cool experience if you're into caves, or it's just a unique hiking experience. And another Um, good name, Makokita? Yeah, yeah, Makokita. Yeah, that's a fun one. There's also Apple River Canyon, which is in Illinois. It's sort of near Galena. Uh, for people who are looking for a little bit bigger town. <laughs> but that's just a really pretty one as well. But that, I only got to go once because that, when we were in high school, that was like the cool park to go to. And you went there if you were like one of the rich kids. And I dated a rich kid for like a hot second <laughs> and got to go to the park with him and his family one time. But it was very, very beautiful. And now, years later, I'm like, it's a state park. It was like $5. I was going to ask Why? what made it the rich kid park if it's a state park. I, I don't because do they have paved I pathways? think they allowed to let gas motors. Sure. So people were taking out pontoon boats sure. and stuff. So it was like, oh, the classy lake mm-hmm. slash park but not to, not to talk down about it it was very very beautiful Where you take your, and good for illinois it's just funny because it's like oh people with their boats would go there because they couldn't have a place of their own to take their boat like there was like a little housing development nearby so you could get like lake access 16 it seemed like the height of luxury <laughs> to go to the state park <laughs> it it was a very different experience than the state park i'm actually going to talk about <laughs> which is Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore, which is in Munising, Michigan, although that's kind of their headquarters, but they span 42 square miles of the lakeshore along Lake Superior, and it's it's beautiful, but my family would go up there every summer, and it was. It was just very... You didn't dress up like you do for Apple Canyon. (laughs) You would just wear normal hiking clothes and we'd go out and we'd spend the day but it was the first national lakeshore that was ever designated by the u.s government 
it was designated in 1966, and it's still the national headquarters for National Lakeshores. I don't know what that means. Is it just uh, a type do, of park? They have like a research center and things there um, where they do a lot of freshwater research. Um, and they have some historical sites, and they have a lot of waterfalls too, Alyssa. So if you want to enjoy <laughs> I love a good waterfall feature. At the falls. You're I don't know why I'm like so down on waterfalls. <laughs> my little... My little plug that like makes this near and dear to my heart is so let let me paint a picture. Oh please do, Bob Ross. It's 2012. It's one of the first Thanksgivings I have ever taken my future husband to. And we are watching the football game at my Aunt Jackie's house. Not Aunt Kathy. Not my Aunt Kathy's, my Aunt Jackie's. And Kid Rock, Robert James Ritchie, Michigan's native son, is the halftime show. And my mother cannot stop commenting on what a showman he is. It's just a good old and Michigan it was just, boy. Yeah, she has a thing for Michigan boys. My dad's from Michigan. It just became this running joke. So then a few summers later, we went back up to Michigan. And lo and behold, who is on this massive billboard for Pictured Rock's National Lakeshore but Kid Rock? Of course. He filmed one of his music videos there. Michigan tourism department ran with it. It was everywhere in Michigan. <laughs> well, didn't he have like that uh, hit song where he sings about Northern Michigan? Yeah. Well, actually, that's a different one. Oh. He, has, he has more than one. The, first, he has more than one song. <laughs> well, Excuse me, he's an artist. More than one hit song <laughs> about <Elizabeth>. Northern Michigan. <laughs> Who knew? And so, if you want to subject yourself to a Kid Rock music video, look up "Born Free." And just take in the very, very beautiful background behind it. You can get a sneak peek at some of these uh, trails. There's, like I said, it's 42 square miles of beautiful, just pristine beach. There's woods. Um, there's also a national forest that's really, really close I mean, by. now that I know that Kid Rock has endorsed it. I mean, what's not to love? You are born free, Alyssa, to see as many waterfalls as you want. But what about Eminem? He takes the lower half. (laughs) Kid Rock loves the upper half. Like, they just kind of, they are the ambassadors of Michigan, in my mind. Kid Rock's UP. (laughs) Me and Kid Rock, and then, like, my cousins that live in the lower half hang out with Eminem. We all know each other. (laughs) Do you ever get that where people assume, like, oh, you live in the Midwest, you know everyone from Indiana, even though you're from Wisconsin? Sometimes... But also sometimes it's been like, oh, you're from Wisconsin? Where in Wisconsin? And then you kind of explain, and then they'll be like, do you know so-and-so? And it has happened where I do know so-and-so. That's true. <laughs> Sorry. I just get that sometimes where it's like, oh, you're from Wisconsin. You must know so-and-so. But you are right. There's a lot of times where I'm like, yeah, I do know them, actually. Oh, sorry. I have to make one more Kid Rock comment. So on Picture Rock's National Lakeshore, uh, like I was researching it, and then I got on my Kid Rock, like, YouTube safari, and MTV reviewed his video, and the way they described it was the gorgeous outdoor settings while singing about the glory of freedom. And I was like, yes! Kid Rock wrote this article for MTV. <laughs> that is the uh, the UP in a nutshell, isn't is it not? It is gorgeous outdoor settings, and you can sing about freedom, or you can do what I do and just sing songs from Pocahontas while you're canoeing with your husband, and like make him question all of his life choices. That's, I mean, those are the options. 
So, I didn't really grow up near a lot of state parks. There's some county parks, but there weren't really a lot of hiking trails. But also, since I grew up in the middle of nowhere and had friends that live, like, deep into the country, we would sometimes just set off in a direction, like, into the woods <laughs> and just kind oh. of eventually find our way back. So, that was my childhood hiking experience. That's a real thing. I still have friends where it's like, we have woods on Let's our property. Go. And you, like, take a game trail and kind of make yeah. the most of it. And then you end up in yeah. a field and then you cross the field and you end up at a highway which I thought it was funny and you were like I ended up at a highway and that's not what I was supposed to do and I would be like that's what we always did is once you find the highway then you know where you are and can walk back home it's a little different when you're like out to do that where (laughs) I was on what I thought was a trail and it turned out to be like a deer path that went to the highway um UW Madison has an arboretum and I was hiking there with Joe. We, uh, I don't know. If, Ghost, Ghost of, of Joe, Joe, our friend Joe. Him and I went hiking and we thought we were on a trail. Like it seemed pretty trail like until all of a sudden it wasn't. <laughs> and we were just like, where are we? And we just kept going and going and going and then eventually emerged out onto a golf course. There were people golfing. <laughs> And, like, we were just, like, muddy and, like, clearly had, like, emerged from the woods. <laughs> Did someone, like, pick you up and put you on their golf cart? Like, I will take you back to civilization, no, children. No, we, we did have, we had found a, a kayak paddle along the way. So we had split that, so we each had a kayak, like, half a kayak paddle. So you looked like raiders coming to attack this golf course. I mean... <laughs> But the thing is, I feel like this is very indicative of our shared college experience. Like, I'm not surprised by this at all. Yeah, this sounds like something that probably happened to all of us at one point. (laughs) And, uh, you know, once we got out of the golf course, found a Mexican restaurant, decided to go in. We, We decided we had earned a burrito before continuing on back home. Did you leave the paddles outside or, like, sadly drag them into the restaurant? Oh, they came in with us. (laughs) These are the spoils of war! Yeah, there was no sad dragging. That was like, we're bringing these in. (laughs) They were lifted high. (laughs) They did not question it. It was Madison, so they probably had seen weirder stuff. When I went walking in the Arboretum with Alyssa, I found some wild grapes and she, I couldn't convince her to eat them. She was sure that they were actually poisoned, so then I ate some just to prove her wrong. I would be the one who'd be like, okay, I'll try. Well, it's-, it's also a college town, so there could be like, surprise! surprise. <laughs> God knows what's being grown in there sometimes. That's not the only time I foraged oh, on yeah. a hike. One time I picked a bunch of berries. And I was pretty sure they were black caps, so it's fine. And they were. They were delicious. Yeah. That's actually when I do most of my hiking is berry this picking. This is why the three of us can't handle anything more than a day hike, because <laughs> Hannah will end up foraging for something that she shouldn't. You'll go chase waterfalls <laughs> and I'll just like start screaming for Kid Rock. It's just a mess. have heard now Hannah, Megan, and myself talk about our adventures with day hiking. And so now I have a guest here, a special guest, our first guest ever on the show. Wow. Do you feel special? I do. I didn't know I held that title. First guest ever. This is our good friend, Liz Whiteman. We consider her to be a hiking expert. Do you consider yourself a hiking expert? I don't, but I'll gladly take on that title we'll give you that yeah we'll give you that title because again 
we are most certainly not hiking experts. So in comparison, we think you are at least a Midwest hiking expert. So Liz, you have recently completed a week-long hike, whereas again, Hannah, Megan, and I can only handle like a day. What's it like a full week of just on the trail, living out there? Right. Well, it's a little bit of a step up from day hikes. The main difference being that you have to carry all of your food and equipment on your back. So we were hiking the Superior Hiking Trail, which is a 310-mile-long trail that runs from the Canadian border in Minnesota along Lake Superior to Jay Cook State Park, which I'm not sure if you've talked about it before, but it's... Uh, I don't think we've really mentioned Jay Cook a whole lot. It's in, it's in Duluth. Just a bit south of Duluth. Yeah. So the trail runs through Duluth. It runs along a ridge along Lake Superior for over 300 miles. So we spent a week out there in July and it was wonderful. We didn't get rained on at all. So did you did you hike the entire thing in that week? We did not. No. So in seven days, uh, we hiked about 60 miles. Our longest day was our first day. We did 12 miles. And the shortest day was a day that my friend's dad came and picked us up. And we did about four miles. But it was great. The trail is pretty tough. People like to joke that the designers of the trail looked out and chose all the highest points and all the lowest points, and the trail runs through all of those. So you just get to go up and down the whole time? Up and down, up and down. There are almost no switchbacks on the trail. And what is a switchback for, for, you know, the Hannah, Megan, and Alyssa's of the world? So a switchback is a design of the trail that basically zigs and zags up a hill or a mountain and it makes it a lot easier to go up so this trail just climbs straight up it's a lot of fun sure we'll go with that (laughs) fun up and down all the highs all the lows for those listeners that have never traveled the north shore of minnesota you're missing out you are missing out (laughs) it's some great views but I think a lot of times people have this image of the Midwest as flat. Right. The North Shore... Is not flat. No, it's very much not flat. It's, as you are saying, it has these wonderful high points, these high ridges. When I have taken people up the North Shore who have never been there, they kind of comment, if they've been out west, they feel like some views like you would see out west in the mountains almost. Right. Well, and this trail runs along the... Sawtooth Mountains, which are what we in the Midwest consider mountains. I think the highest point of the trail is about 1,800 feet, which is still a pretty healthy climb. There are no Rocky Mountains, though. No. <laughs> have you been to the Rockies? I have been to the Rockies. So how would how would you say it compares to the Rockies? Which one do you, which one did you like more? Well, I'm a Minnesotan, so I have to choose the Superior Hiking Trail. All right. But, I mean, the Rockies are tough in their own way, but definitely this trail is just as difficult as really any trail that I've done anywhere in this country. So you were on the Superior Hiking Trail for a week, you said. Sun, sunny weather, no rain, just beautiful the entire time. Uh, well, what are some of the things you do? I mean, obviously you're hiking all day long, but is it like really all day long? You're just walking, walking, walking. Maybe that'd be fun for like a day, but for an entire week? It can get a little bit tedious. So we were out there in July and happened to be out there in the peak of blueberry season. So, you know, my friend Catherine and I, who I hiked with, managed to stretch an eight-mile hike into a whole-day affair because we spent most of the time sitting on the side of the trail picking blueberries. 
See, that sounds like more <laughs> my style. Like, we'll walk for a mile, and then now maybe, like, we'll take a blueberry snack break. Exactly. We were out there, we had blueberries, which most people know about. Some hikers we passed taught us about service berries, which grow on trees. They look like blueberries, they're a little bit darker, and they t- actually taste a lot better. Interesting. Um, service berries? Service berries. Interesting. I think they're also known as June berries, but I'm not positive about that. <laughs> um, and there were also thimbleberries, which are my personal favorite. They look a lot like raspberries, but they taste better. Thimbleberries? Thimbleberries. Have you not had them before? So thimbleberries are pretty common along the trail. They're red. They have these huge broad leaves. They're definitely worth stopping and trying if you happen upon some. They look similar to raspberries, but are a lot more flavorful and tart. Should I maybe look up this on ye old Google so I know what it looks like before I just go and you snack should. on some random berries? You probably shouldn't go out and eat unidentified berries. Okay. Um, but I can speak for service berries, blueberries, and thimbleberries. Again, that all sounds delicious. <laughs> Any other activities you got to partake in while on the trail other than the hiking and all the berries you could eat? Yeah, so one of the great things about this trail is that it crosses a million rivers and streams so we were able to swim up to three times in one day and the great part about that is this trail runs along Lake Superior but Lake Superior is pretty cold to swim in all the time as you know Alyssa it is it can be cold the warmest time to swim the best time to swim in Lake Superior is October is it really September October that's when it's at its warmest But the air is cold. But the air is cold, so, you know, it's 50 degrees outside. But the water might be actually, like, you know, in 60s, 70s rather than the 40s. I didn't know that. So we swim in rivers, or there are a couple inland lakes. One of the most popular sections of trail is called Bean and Bear Lake. Bean and Bear? Bean and Bear. They're right next to each other. They're super popular, but they're beautiful and we're, like, a great temperature to swim in. Sounds lovely. What do you? I mean, you go swimming like you have your swimsuit on. I just, I'm, I'm trying to imagine like you're carrying all this gear, and now you're like going swimming, and like you have to change in your swimsuit, and then it's wet. I mean, if you want to change in your swimsuit, you're welcome to. So we were out there. It was about 80 degrees. It was like pretty warm for northern Minnesota. So we just jumped in. Just we didn't change, and then put our clothes back on, Mm -hmm. got soaking wet, and dried out pretty quickly like as you're walking i guess though too like if it's hot and you're walking it might be nice to have that cool it was pretty refreshing so the the lake superior hiking trail you hiked it for a week but you also recently like the other day now (laughs) the reason why you're able to be here recording this with me you did some running on this trail that just goes straight up and down the whole way i did so i actually I think I prefer to run this trail than hike it. Okay, if that's <laughs> your thing, you go, you go. You go, um, Glen Coco. So I was here last week to run the Moose Mountain Marathon, which starts about 100 miles north of Duluth on the Superior Hiking Trail and goes north 26.2 miles. It's all on trail and I know a lot of to a lot of people that sounds like a pretty miserable experience it's already a tough trail to hike but it's even tougher to run it was beautiful the trails right now are dry 
They're in amazing condition, so Alyssa, you should get out there with your dog. He would love that. He does <laughs> love, he loves nature. Anytime he sees a squirrel, he wants to just take off after it. Right, well, and the colors are just starting to change up the North Shore, so it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. If there are any trail runners out there, you should check out the Moose Mountain Marathon. There's also a 50-mile and a 100-mile event if you really feel like suffering. I'll leave that to you. So what kind of tips do you have maybe for like a beginner that maybe they're they're ready to tackle a bit more than Megan, Hannah, and I can? Maybe they're ready to go like a full two days or Are you talking about yourself? No, I said <laughs> someone other than Hannah, Megan, or me. just want to go for a couple days out on the trail and they want to be camping out there. Like what are some, some tips for a beginner? Of course. Gear is really important. And I mean, it can be pretty expensive, but I think... Most importantly, have good footwear. A lot of trails in the Midwest, you could be fine with running shoes, but for a rugged trail like the Superior Hiking Trail, it's pretty important to have like hiking boots, something that's going to give you some support. It's really rocky, really rutty. You don't want to feel all of that. So what about clothing in general? Like, should I just wear my jeans? I mean, you could. Okay. They're not going to be the most comfortable. Generally... Cotton is a pretty bad idea if you're doing much in the outdoors because it doesn't dry out very quickly. So polypropylene or other tech fabric that you would wear that would be quick dry. Layers, especially in Minnesota along Lake Superior, the weather changes in a minute. Very, very (laughs) quickly, all four seasons in a day. Right. Make sure you have your rain jacket with you and lots of water, probably sunscreen. That's important. Hydration. <laughs> cannot stress that enough. And lots uh, of snacks. Snacks. I like the snack part. <laughs> What's a good snack like for the trail? Because again, like if you're out there and you're doing more than a day hike, you have to carry all that with you. Right. So, I mean, that's more weight. Right. Well, so if you're going to be backpacking, what we, we used entirely dehydrated food, um, which is super light. It doesn't always taste the best. And you need a stove to heat water so that it'll rehydrate otherwise you're gonna have like pretty miserable soupy half hydrated food it's like dry soup just eating dry soup by the handful pretty gross delicious (laughs) i mean for just a day hike i am a cliff bar convert dried fruit is great carrots i guess if you're into vegetables. <laughs> if you're into that thing, sort of thing. What about like trail mix? You know, the classic trail mix. Is that, is that like actually good for the trail? It is. Oh, good. God, um, I'm glad we haven't been lied to. And I mean, you can make friends with some chipmunks or squirrels. They're always friendly animals out there looking for your trail mix. If anyone is going to make friends with squirrels, Liz, I feel like that would be you. I have to say, I remember upon oh, first no. meeting you <laughs> freshman year of college, I only had known you for a few days. Where we lived, there were a lot of squirrels around, and you came back to the dorm one day lamenting about the fact that you missed your cats. But you I were to adopt a squirrel. You were gonna adopt a squirrel, and I thought that was a bad idea. You thought it was an excellent idea. It was well, and sophomore year, Lucy and I, we almost did it. <laughs> I think we might have gotten kicked out of the dorms if we had actually brought a wild animal in. Maybe we could, we could have <laughs> hidden that somewhere. I guess <laughs> it would have eaten all our food. <laughs> 
Yeah. Would have been the problem. You can share your trail mix with squirrels, but maybe don't adopt them. Exactly. Well, and if you have a dog, you're probably not going to have a squirrel problem. No, I would not no. have a squirrel problem. Not with Dozy. Any last tips, thoughts? What do you enjoy about tra- hiking the trail? What is it that like makes you think, yeah, I'm going to go hike in the woods for a week along the trail <laughs> that just goes up and down constantly? I no longer live in the Midwest. So for me, the Midwestern weather is wonderful, and you all should spend every moment outside in the summer that you can. (laughs) So I really just like to enjoy the weather, especially in the fall. I'm really sad that I'm not going to be around for the fall this year, but that's a great time to get out and enjoy the leaves and the cooler weather. I just love to be outside, turn my cell phone off, not be able to hear cars, anything like that. and if you're out there with friends, you end up, like, actually talking to each other, which I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of time on my phone even when I'm with my friends. Actual social interaction <laughs> with people. Exactly. You've got nothing else to do. Oh, I guess. To each other. you got to make friends with a squirrel. But, exactly. We did see a porcupine. Ooh. So you could cross paths with some interesting things. There are moose around here. You might see a coyote. I never have. I'm guessing we don't want to go up to those and... Be like kitty i don't think so so okay. we were with a dog and the dog had treed the porcupine oh and you definitely don't want your dog near a porcupine no if you've ever seen a homeward bound exactly. i think we all know how that ends for a dog quick trip to the vet <laughs> well thank you liz this was this was excellent first guest in the books Maybe we'll have future guests. It's an honor. Listeners, let us know. What did you think of us <laughs> having a guest? <laughs> Who knew an episode on hiking would focus so much on Kid Rock and seasonal terminology? Good thing Liz was around to help us stay on topic. And hey, Liz, thank you for being our first guest. Thanks also to you, our listeners, and to Cola, an artist from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, for releasing music under Creative Commons licensing. You've heard their song, Till It Last, in our intro and right now. This podcast is also released under Creative Commons. Share and share alike. You can find us on all your social media channels at Midwest is Best Show. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can check out our website at midwestisbestshow.wordpress.com. Slow twirl.